Welcome to the Yeah Buddy Experience podcast. If you're looking for a podcast to motivate you and get you on track to overcoming obstacles and challenges, this podcast is definitely for you. Get ready for powerful and inspirational goodness brought to you by your hosts, Mike and Johnny. Yeah, buddy! I was out for it, so I'm blessed. Oh, nice, nice, yeah, nice, good. nice. And we are lucky and very fortunate and happy to welcome our lovely guest today. Our guest being... I'm going to let you reel it off for me. Come on, you can pronounce it. No, no, we've just been off that. camera. We've just been through how to pronounce your name. <laughs> yes. So And now you've just come on. No it. chance. Adrina. Adrina. No, Adrina. No. You had one job. Yeah, but that's um, what I was going to I knew I was going to do that. That's why I thought I, I started off. Go for it. Andrina Leanne. Excellent. Andrina. It's not even that hard to pronounce. Andrina Leanne. Andrina Leanne. It's not. Yeah. It's not. It's just it's I'm a bit slow sometimes. Do you know everyone I get called Andrea, Angelina. Well, see, I had Angelica, that. Angelica. I, I was like, looking at the paper going. Da, da, da. <laughs> no, no. Andrina. It's just like, I don't know. It's just got three syllables. Well, it might be tricky to remember for people that have known you for a long time because I think you were saying earlier that You've changed your name recently, is that right? No, so that the first name's always been my name. I was okay. born I was born Andrina Leanne Bogle. Mm-hmm. And then at the age of nineteen I got married mm-hmm. to a Jamaican in the nineties when, you know, people were bringing over Jamaicans and marrying them and helping them get the stay. Right. I don't know if you remember <laughs> them times. Um, so I married a man, his surname was Walton, so then I became Andrina Leanne Bogle Walton. Mm-hmm. But over the years um, that those names just haven't served me, you know, because the I had to drop the Walton. I decided to drop the Walton um, when we got divorced, like a few years later. And the Bogle I discovered wasn't even my dad. Okay. So yeah, he was my brother's dad, but because it was so difficult in the eighties to have yep. two children by two different baby fathers and stuff, like my mom just decided to call us both the same surname. Mm-hmm just so that um, it would just be easier because, you know, she wasn't married to either. Okay. And, yeah, so I've inherited the name. And in the 90s, I went to school around the corner, actually. I went um, John Kelly Girls in Neasden. And, um, yeah, people used to do the bogle dance every time they saw me. Like, (laughs) yeah, it would be like, you know, you don't even use my name, just have this silly bogle dance Mm -hmm. and I carried that name for so long anyway during lockdown I decided that I was going to focus on my identity and um, I just wanted to drop those names that no longer served me so I applied to change it by deed poll so I'm now Andrina (coughs) Leanne and everyone says like how come you've got so many A's and so many E's in your name yeah Um, but I found that Andrina Leanne were the only names that were mine Okay. That I really liked. Okay, that's fine. Well, I probably did a bit of injustice there. You are an inspirational speaker. You yes. are a workshop facilitator, a poet, and what was it? A diversity champion. I, I championed that one, didn't I? Yeah. Um, how's your day going? Yeah, so far so good. The sun's out, so I'm really happy about that. Like, winter's really a difficult time for me. Okay. Uh, yeah, so when it's when it's winter, I yeah, I don't I don't do well with winter. I don't have like seasonal affective disorder or anything. I just have really low mood. So have a what? Sorry. Se- <laughs> seasonal <laughs> affective disorder. It's like a, like winter blues or something. Okay. Yeah. But that's the that's the correct terminology yeah. for it 
but I don't have it. I haven't been diagnosed with it. So um, I don't tend to give myself any labels or anything. But I know that around that time of year, I feel really down and mm. sad. And then around this time of year, I feel like really upbeat and motivated and like Which is with the sun, isn't it? Where's the sun? Yeah, it's the sun and, and lifting up your mood. and it's the vitamin D. Yes. Yes, yeah. um, serotonin release. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a variety of things. Um, but yeah, that is—I didn't actually know the name of that uh, term. Yeah. I've never heard of that term before. But it, low mood and high mood—it it goes seasonal. It always mm-hmm. does. Yeah. Um, important question: jumper or t-shirt? I'm gonna say jumper because I—I I have more jumpers than t-shirts, and I think I think jumpers can be more um versatile because some have a hood yeah you can get like short sleeve long sleeve you can get like i don't know you're explaining to the listeners now because i'm with you you don't need to explain to me i'm jumpers as well yeah i'm jumpers because of the coziness of jumpers i'm a t-shirt man nah man i'd even wear a jumper in the summer no 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 i can't believe me t-shirts it's t-shirts all day huge what t-shirt jumpers where are you at both both yeah i wouldn't say both but Unless jumpers, because I, I, I guess it's more like versatile because you know, you it's cozy, man. Cozy, cozy. Yeah, exactly. In the summer. That is it. Sacrilege. No, nah, well, yeah. Wrong. The other thing I was going to say, right? So you, um, so we've managed to get you on the show. Yes. Forced. Now, I forced it to come on. Forced, the show. <laughs> forced to come on the show. I hope not. <laughs> um, but your face. I don't know. I was going through your profile on Instagram, and I thought I'd seen you before somewhere. But you've got a really pretty face, really oh, recognisable so nice. face. And I was thinking, I don't know where I've seen you. But anyway, so I was going through, maybe, and then I saw you were on Jeremy Vine. Was that right? You are in the Jeremy audience. Vine. Yes, I've been, on, I've been on Jeremy Vine. I've been on, um, yeah, I've been, uh, I'm on BBC iPlayer right now, actually. Yeah, so this, I think uh, I've... Wanted a Simple Life, it's called. I've probably seen you in an advert or just yeah. scrolling through or something like that. Well, I've definitely You've seen the face before. In a BBC Sounds advert. Yeah. Yeah. Where else have I been? Supermarket Sweep. So is this? That's is where I saw you. <laughs> is that where yeah. you saw? Yeah. Well, there you go. I know. I've definitely seen you before. I so you've know. got the face. I, I just I love being on TV, and it's really weird because like I love it now being on TV, but I recognise why I I was desperate to be on TV. Like I always wanted to be visible. I always wanted my mum to see me. Mm-hmm. because we've had a really turbulent relationship and um over the years and there's been like years we're not speaking right now and there's been years prior where we haven't spoken and then when we did speak she um she would say to me things like I know you're okay because I see you I mm-hmm. google you and stuff like that and um so in my it's been exhausting to be honest in my in my head i sort of calculated that if i appear on tv or if i'm on radio and she hears my voice or she sees me then she sees me Mm -hmm. like i always just wanted my mom to see me Mm -hmm. like it was just really weird and so it became an obsession to always be on tv um but now i'm kind of like i've sort of (coughs) made peace with that now we don't speak anymore um i'm on a journey (laughs) i've uh written about many things that i've been through in this book and 
it's one of the reasons, the main reason why we don't speak anymore. Because like when you speak your truth, some people do not like what you have to say because their version of events might be different to yours or they might um, they might not want you to air your mm-hmm. laundry outside. And that in our community, in the black community, we keep a lot of what happens at home in the home. Yes. Mm-hmm. And for me to speak my truth and put a load of stuff in this book yep. um, about my experience with like homelessness, um, childhood sexual abuse, like all sorts of stuff. Mm-hmm. She said, you know, I've gone too far. Like, okay. But her, it's your story as well. Yeah, it's so my it's truth. Thing. And it's, yeah. really, it's, really, it's really impacted me my whole life. And now that I'm 40, um, I just, I've just, I've had enough of actually wanting her approval and wanting to be seen by her and all that because it's exhausting I don't want that anymore mm-hmm. um it's out there now and you know what can we, so um can we say? talk to us about the book then if you wouldn't mind holding it up to the camera so yes this book is called charred a survivor speaks her truth to inspire and um just to go back to the beginning mm-hmm, of please. when I started writing poetry right I started writing poetry in February 2014 yeah um because my partner Jermaine who's on her way here at the moment um she's really into writing and journaling and poetry and stuff like that and she bought me a journal and said that when I get upset or anything like that I should really it would help me to write down how I feel um rather than getting angry and like you know being difficult just write about it Mm -hmm. and yeah, that's what I did. I wrote, I started writing. We went to an open mic night. <coughs> I was queuing for the toilet. Someone said to me, oh, you look really creative. Do you want to be on the open mic? And I was like, I haven't written anything since I was like 12 years old or something like that. At this time, I was in my early 30s. And I, as the night went on, I was just like, okay, if you get me a pen and paper, I'll write something. And if I feel comfortable enough, I'll go on stage, I'll go on stage and yeah. I will... Um, read it and it was really weird because i did it the guy got me a bit of paper i wrote about the night i got on stage and everyone like clapped for me and like was really like happy with what i wrote like it wasn't anything spectacular but the the adulation that i got from that evening i was like wow like i want this more because i didn't get that from my family like Mm -hmm. my i was like the reject in my family i didn't get that i didn't have much family and i was always like the terrible terrible person in my family so having strangers clap for me in a stoke newington bar like i was just like this is this is awesome like i love this so i got home and i started writing more since um february 2014 and then it was just in journals like i was just writing writing and going to open mic nights and sharing what i've written and stuff and then during the lockdown um I thought, why not just put stuff together in a book? So I had some poems published in a book um, called It's a Sister Anthology. It's an anthology of, um, like, same gender-loving women from African and Caribbean descent in the UK. So that was published in 2018 by Team Angelica. So I contacted Team Angelica and I said, I've got these two journals, I've got some poems, I really... um, think i'm ready to have them in a book now and 
they said, all right, then type them all up and then we'll we'll see. Type mm-hmm. them all up, email them to us, and then we'll see how it goes. And it was just such a painful process to type them up because it at the time and over the years, I was writing when things pissed me off. And then putting them and away. And then put it yeah. away. Mm-hmm. Closing so, the door on you. Yeah, and it really helped. It really yeah. helped me to process my feelings and emotions and stuff. So to actually go back and read what I had written, like a lot of it was really painful. Yeah. It was really, really painful. And then, yeah, I want to read one now, actually, but I don't actually know. We'll go for which one. one. How have you arranged them in the book? Are they from date order or are they... No, it starts off like speak your truth and then um like i go into like over the years and then like certain things have happened and then it's about like anxiety and stress and then it was just like is it a journey why i write yeah it's it's kind of um all of it is a journey because it's all i call it resilience in the face of adversity like, I think the best thing to do is probably read what it says at the back. Yeah, go on. Right, it says, there is a strong correlation between childhood trauma and mental health issues. I suffer with PTSD and depression and use poetry to write honestly about the multitude of issues I've experienced in my 39 years. I have found writing to be hugely therapeutic. While I recognise the value of professional therapy, my poetry has helped me to come to terms with some of these issues. If they're not already doing so, I hope to inspire the readers of this book to speak and write their truth. We don't have to be qualified writers to write down how we feel. And we don't have to share it unless we want to. This collection is called Charred. Think of a piece of wood that has been exposed to the flames. You may think of it as damaged, and it's true. It has been burnt and blackened, but it's still resilient and much stronger after going through this process. Think of me as a piece of charred wood. And um, that's why the cover has like charred wood. Mm -hmm. I've got some charred wood samples. I should have brought brought it with me to show you. It's beautiful. That's wonderful. That is because for me growing up when I was going through a a tough time, my dad always said, write stuff, you know, just whatever's on your mind, just write it down, write it down. And then I got to that point where I got over that hurdle and then I started rereading the stuff. And and as you said, and that's why I was nodding when you you said it, it just took me right back to the situation. So all the emotions were coming back. The only thing I didn't do was then create a book, which I should have done. But um, but that's really interesting. I I do like that. That that piece of the back is is powerful. And I can I can relate to that. Just reading that out now, I'm sitting there going, I can relate. And I'm sure anyone else who's gone through tough times can relate to that. And it, it looks like a wonderful book. I think, yeah, we, we can all relate to it. I mean, I do as well. I mean, yeah. obviously, because I used to be in a music group when I was younger, so I've, I've written a lot of what, lyrics and stuff like that. But in between that, um, again, and it's not through anybody telling me to, I've written down a lot of stuff, not knowing it was journalistic, but just yeah. getting it out and then maybe even screw it up and just throw it away. Um <clears throat> So yeah, we've all been through trauma of sorts, but I think that's one thing that um, the general population don't really understand. We're starting to come around to it now in the mainstream where everybody's like, if you need to talk to someone, talk to someone. And they're making it more acceptable for, especially for men to speak because they don't always. Um, So I find that definitely, this is why I love to do the podcast. Well, it's good because you're always learning. You're always always learning, but just from... You're always learning what you've written on the back there yeah. is why I do this podcast. Yeah. That, that oh, was wow. brilliant. I think that's amazing. Thank you. 
We've all been through stuff though, isn't it? And like you said, it's only now that we're we're really being open and speaking about things that we've been through. But it's it's not until we hear other people's shit that they've been through. Well, of course, because then you can say, you, okay, I can relate to yeah, that. Yeah, you, you know? relate. And you actually, like, when you go through your stuff, it's like you, you feel like you're the only one going through this stuff. And then you hear other people's stuff and you're like, not just me that's got a really fucked up family and of course, of course, <laughs> like, of course. <laughs> so yeah um and that's why like i've left um like lined pages at the back for people to start writing if yep. they're not writing already that's nice. there's like, no excuse because there's lined pages no, no, that's, there. that's, yeah. that's nice i like that yeah. that's nice touch isn't it mm. you could yeah. make it your own book exactly like notes on self-care like what i do for self-care the, um right there you go flag that what did I write down here? Uh, where are we? Shoot. Uh, buh, 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 buh. It was something to do. What is self-care to you? That's one of my yeah, questions. What is self-care to mm. me? Self-care to me is checking in with myself regularly um, just to see how I feel. Like, how am I feeling? Like, checking in with my my body, like, to see how I'm feeling. And implementing things that help me to um feel well like i don't know how to explain that like self-care to me is about making sure that i'm always like checking in with how i feel because yeah because sometimes I can run myself into the ground and then it's not until I'm in the ground that I'm like, oh my God, maybe I should have paused a bit or worked on some self-care, like gone for a walk in nature or like make sure I'm getting enough sleep that week. Like sometimes I'm actually just like, I've reached exhaustion to the point where I can't even carry on when really, if I really check in with how I feel, then I don't allow myself to get to that point. Yeah where it takes me time to now get back up. Like, I'm just, like, I'm regularly trying to hydrate myself and, like, I play my hand pan, which is a musical hand instrument. Pan. Yeah. I should have brought it with me. Like, I should have just brought all my props. Um, <laughs> I'm learning stuff. Hand pan. No, the what hand is- pan is beautiful. It's it's just an instrument. It's quite expensive, but I really like it. And you just... I'm having a look. Yeah, Google it. Google it. It's, it's beautiful. I listen. I used to listen to hand pan music just hand to feel... <coughs> okay, yeah, right. Yeah. I've yeah. never seen so that. So is that... It's, um, you don't get similar sounds to a steel drum, do you? No. It's, more, no. it's deeper than that. It's, it's more like... Play it. So you can probably not yeah, no, I can probably, play it, but... Well, here we go. You won't get done for this. Does that sound... Yeah. Yeah. Very therapeutic. It's yeah. very therapeutic. I've never seen that before. It's similar to like steel bands. Yeah. But I've never actually seen that before. So it was um oh who is he? Is it Dion Dublin? Um uh, footballer. Yeah, gone. He's on the property show. Yeah, he made a uh, what did he make? That's why it reminds me of that. Um he made the Jube. Jude. So it's a square, okay. but it's similar. It, it Is make, it black and it's got? Uh, let's have a look. Jube introduction video. Um, it is. I, f- I feel like googling it now. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? I've got so many instruments at home. Hey, I better not google it. This is a short demonstration on how to play the Jube 
Wow, I've never seen it. Never seen that before. Yeah. So I went to a. Um, let me just put it back here. There you go. Oh, I love it. I want one of them. Like, we've got so many instruments at home because it's part of our self care to actually, like, spend time in nature, play with our instruments, spend time together as a family, and, like, do stuff like that. So, if, uh, so where does that originate from? So, the one that you recommended, the handpan, the handpan, and then the tube. So, where where do they originate from? Is this from the West Indies, or are we going further? I'm not really sure. I know it's a new instrument. I think it's Trinidad and Tobago. Okay. I think, but I don't quote me on that because I don't I've actually never, know. I've never seen it before. <coughs> Because I've been but to Trinidad and so Tobago. I've been Trinidadian. Is it Trinidadian? Yeah. Wow. See, she knows what she's talking about. <laughs> and it, it's about 20 years old. It's not an old instrument. Okay. It's barely new. No, that's interesting. But I like the sound. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, yeah. Um, it's very therapeutic. It's very yoga-ish. It's very meditation. Sleep it's sounds, mindfulness. Yeah. yeah. It's quite yeah. nice, though. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's quite no, nice. It's cool. It's cool. It's quite nice. So you've got the handpan. I've got a kalimba. A kalimba. It's like a hand, a uh, thumb piano. Okay. A kalimba. A thumb piano. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, like you, you're meant to just like flick it with like your harmonica nail. size. Like it's like it's wooden and mm-hmm. it's got like little keys. Yep. And then it's got like a hole in the middle where the sound. And the type of music it it, it makes. Google it. Ping, ping, kalimba. Ping pong sounds. Kalimba. kalimba. It's another. It's in that sort of like beautiful, relaxing. There you go. See, you've not seen those before. I've not seen this before either. Yeah. Um, where are we? So. I quite like obscure instruments. It's good though, because what's quite nice is you're learning, but it's also it's different to. I, I bought a guitar mm. when I was at uni, and that was very much I bought it because everyone was in my, my, yeah. my classes buying. I've never seen this before. Never. But you know what's quite nice with both of those instruments? They're very relaxing. They're very much, it goes with that whole self-care, you know. I'm trying to check myself. I'm taking myself out of the working day, the working life, and allow myself just to relax. Even the video we have now, the dog is just... (laughs) dog's just chilling. Yeah, he's just like, yep, going to eat after this. So is that, um, so both of those instruments, are they something that you'd pick up if you you, you feel that you're getting stressed or you're going to have a bit of... A rough time do you pick that up to de-stress yourself or are they something that you would do to have fun you're already jovial you want to go and just release some energy or a bit it's, of both i i prefer to just play my instruments than to watch tv i'm not a tv person mm-hmm. but i tend to use it to zone out like i could like after this depending on the day i've had i might just go home and because it's always i keep it on a drum stand so it's mm-hmm. always there it's always accessible so um yeah like i've played it in on clubhouse rooms i've played it um I've brought it out with me once, actually. I don't usually bring it places, but it was as part of a. It's um, <coughs> it's Pride Month, LGBT Pride Month, and as part of um, like this campaign that I was involved in for Pride Month, which is going to be shown soon. Like I introduced my handpan, okay. like talking about you know relaxation and stuff, and what I do for self care, and and that's the only time that I've brought it out with me. And again, it's got. It's always had the same reaction. Anytime my friends come around or anything, they're just like, "Oh, what is that?" 
Oh, I might intrigued. give them to the kids. Because as soon as you mentioned that, I was like, whoa, what is this? And I'm now kicking myself that you didn't bring it along. It'd be nice for you to... You know, <laughs> plenty of time to do a meet-up and I'll introduce you to Pan, I call it. Yeah, no, that's awesome. For me, I'm, I'm learning on that front. That um, So you, you say it's LGBT month? Yeah, Q Pride month. month. It's yeah. Pride month. Um, so what do you identify as? You are... I'm lesbian. So you're a lesbian. I'm proud lesbian. And has that always been the case or...? I've been out now for um, 2003. Right, here we go. Since we're in northwest London, let me read this poem, yeah? I am free. Because it will tell you about my journey, about coming out as a lesbian in 2003. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's on page 86. Yes, page 86. So, and we can talk about it, yeah? Yep, go on. Because... I've got an interesting fun fact to tell you that I found out last week. Anyway, uh, this poem's called I Am Free. I spent my teenage years listening to lyrics like Buju Bantan's Boom Bye Bye in a Batty Boy Head. What he's saying is that gay people should be shot in the head. Imagine that. Those lyrics were heard by millions. In those days, it never made me angry. In fact, I used to dance to it. I could name a few more. T.O.K., Elephant Man, Vibes Cartel... In the 90s, those tunes dominated the dance floor within my bedroom walls. In 1999, I married a man. Was I in denial, threesome anyone? Yes, me, him and she. I came out as a lesbian in 2003. Looking back, all the clues were there, it's just me that couldn't see. People knew I was gay before me. It must have been the way I looked at my friend's auntie or the way I dressed and rebelled by shaving my head. Or maybe because I rode a moped. The truth is, I chose not to see. I was too afraid to be true to me. People were too judgmental back then. I cared way too much about what people thought and said. I met a girl who took me to a gay club. Those homophobic tunes were played by gay DJs in those gay clubs. What a head fuck. People I knew said they liked the beat and ignored the lyrics. I'm not sure exactly when or why something changed, but there was uproar. Buju and other Bashman artists were banned. Us gays had taken a stand. Out with that shit. It was no longer acceptable to listen to it. I no longer had to listen to it. They say I'm an activist. It's been a process. All part of the journey. I'm free to finally be who I'm meant to be. Loving living this reality within the LGBTQ plus community. My dysfunctional and disjointed family may not be proud of me, but I'm able to maintain my sanity and not let them get the better of me mentally. I'm going to take a bow because I'm happy now. I am free. Yeah. It's wonderful. No, that's wonderful. That is wonderful. And I like fun that. fun fact, yeah. Go wait, 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 let me it. tell you about the fun fact, right? I was on a Zoom the other day, right? And I met this guy called Peter Thatchell. Peter Thatchell? And... He was t talking about like decades of work that he's done in the LGBT community and he was instrumental in getting Buju and other th of those artists banned. Like he rallied around, like he's got a Peter Thatchell foundation and like he got legislation changed and like Buju and all of them, they were they lost millions of pounds like mm -hmm. because the the concerts were booked ready for them to come and it was him who like made that 
that massive like u-turn in history and it was just amazing so like i was like whoa i had to send him a copy of my book i was like oh my gosh i put i'm not sure why or when something changed but there was uproar like i i knew there was something but i didn't know who was the cause of it like how it happened and then to meet the man behind that (coughs) activism i was like really blown away by that yeah i recognize him let me see. Because yeah, in, in the West Indian and African culture, it is it is frowned upon to a degree, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And like I've experienced homophobia in Jamaica. I spent I spent um the first like formative years of my life growing up in Jamaica. Like when I was one, um, my mom sent me there to live with my grandparents, and then I came back here when I was seven. Okay. So yeah, which is pretty normal think yeah yeah i think yeah that used to happen a lot <laughs> well yeah it's, it's my wife's family tend to do that send someone back well yeah they go back and then they come back here um so yeah i think a fair few of them have done it jules didn't do it herself um but i think most of her brothers did yeah and she's got a fair few of them <laughs> it's a bit disruptive though it's a bit disruptive but is it because it's like the schooling that, system is the reason why oh. they're sending them there because the schooling system this is what i was told well i don't know when i was younger um my dad, my real dad said to my mum, yeah. he's going to go and stay in the West Indies for X amount of time and then come back. And she said, no, he's staying with me. Yeah. And then whatever happened from there. But I mean, it was his decision as well, but it never happened. Okay. Because yeah, my grandmother was very much of the reason why people get sent back is, is for the education. The education system is supposed to be a lot better. You'll get better education you get more discipline you come back over here you'll be smarter and you have better opportunities yeah most of the people i've known who've done that have not had better opportunities but <laughs> but, <yeah. laughs> but i've always found that to be quite strange mm. and i always felt that was just like the people that i knew that happened to but now you've said that and you've said that and i'm sitting there going okay that probably happens across the board mm. um but yeah strange. it's not a good idea like from my personal experience I, I think mother and daughter bond is something that is really important. And yeah, like, so I don't know. I, I had a good time in Jamaica. I love my grandparents. They're no longer with us. And I'm, I'm happy for the woman I am today because like I've got different sort of like values and upbringing and that, you know, my peers who grew up over here just don't have. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I don't know. I don't know about it. I just think <clears throat> it's really difficult to have a bond with somebody that is, who's meant to be really like your parents. If they're, because there was, there's always that question in it why did you send us away? And I know, I know, I've been did a you single get an parent. For that, I've been a single parent myself, and I know it's difficult. I have understood a lot more okay. about my childhood as I've become an adult and experienced life as well. But when you're young, it's hard to explain to a child like why you left them, because it's it is like abandonment, isn't it? Like yeah, no, I, we're in the same boat. It's, I didn't grow up with my mum, so I know exactly where you're coming from. But just going back to, I'm sure we'll come back to this, but the 2003 yeah. and the coming out is that one of the reasons why, on top of the abandonment from young age that you don't have a necessarily a great relationship with your mum. Was she okay when you came out? Why didn't, when did you realise that you wanted to do that and why? And was there any obstruction to it? Um, I, th- I think, I, I think I always knew I was gay. I went to a girl's school. 
I went to John Kelly and I remember like there was an incident where two girls were kissing on the stairs and they got really bullied. They got bullied. They got driven out of the school. And as well in the 90s, I was listening to homophobic tunes. Like I grew up in the church. So I was always in conflict thinking, actually, this isn't right. Like whatever feelings I'm having, just like get rid of those. Like get married, have a child, like live normally. But it was it was when I had my child that I was like, I don't want this, like, I don't want this family. Like, this is not what I want. Mm -hmm. So I spoke to him, Renee's dad at the time, and he was like, okay, let's have a threesome, you know, as men do. (laughs) And um, yeah, that's... No problem. (laughs) That kind of like, that, that sort of cemented the decision. And then from then, I just like found the LGBT community... Um, to gay places and met loads of uh, black people who are gay. Like, it's really interesting because go to a club called Bootylicious and you'll see guys that look just like you and you wouldn't think they're gay. Mm. Like, because people have this perception that gay men are very camp and, like, they're very, like... But not all gay men look like that, so... Well, yeah, I wouldn't know. I don't know. When I would, I I, I worked in... um, not I too think, far off Soho. So, and especially with being a personal trainer, you meet people from all walks of life. I think... Um, you have interesting conversations between people from all walks of life. So, so yeah, I, I, there's different types of guys, as you said. Yeah. There, there are the the kind of over... Like feminine. Camp. Yes, yes, yeah. over camp guys. Then you have guys who are more... Can I say a beer type guys? That's, yeah. You I can know say. the What thing, type guys? Though. Okay. <laughs> beer. Yeah. <laughs> well, one thing, right, so what's a beer? Uh, it's, it's like um, oh, like a hairy, big, big guy. Yeah. Not necessarily like a... a, a hmm? on, we're on camera. No, I'm thinking... <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm learning. People are watching, you're just going like this. No, I'm um, thinking, I said, what's a beer? I'm asking, I'm listening. I'm looking help at help me out. A beer, yeah. chap. Like, like rugged looking. Right, okay. Not yeah, you wouldn't say this is a um like a George Michael S type guy. It's more yeah. of uh I'm struggling to put Zangief. Not Zangief. Exactly. Zangief no. type guy. Yes. Okay. Like that. That's the guy from Hangover, yes? Yeah, the guy from Hangover. Like yeah. the guy from Hangover, but maybe a bit more butch. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, a bit more. There's pushed. so many no. labels though. It's so problematic mm. in the in the Well, that's what you have to I'm trading very Yeah, yeah there's very just tip-toe-y. so many labels. Very tiptoe. But but yeah, there there's different same with women as well. You get yeah. there's just so many different types of of help me. Help yeah. throw me some rope. Like my no, partner. No, 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 okay. okay. <laughs> there's all there's all different <laughs> sorts of people. Yeah. And but it's the same with anything. You that you look at some people um, when some when some people speak to me and I start preaching to them about ancient history and yeah. a load of waffle and they like oh I didn't think you would be into that mm. and I'm like well why not people are people aren't they yeah. and of course of course yeah and I think mm. for me it's, it's embrace it you know let everyone be who they are yeah. if they want to yeah. I think it's fantastic that like we live in a country where being gay is not punishable by death you know yes because that's like you go to some places I think. Uh, I don't know the number of the figures, but it's like in 72 countries, like there's legislation that is like that you can die 
get stoned and thrown off roofs and stuff. Yeah. They still yeah. do that now? They still do that now. In, wow, that's tough, Yeah, it's man. about 72 countries. Yeah. Like, it's shocking. Which that's is tough. scary because um, my sister's uh, lesbian. Yeah. And it's to think, yeah, so to think that would happen to someone that I love yeah. just because of the way she is and she's normal to me doesn't make any sense. You can't get your head around it. it, yeah, it it's crazy. crazy. So crazy. when you, um, yeah, so one of the questions in part of that, that long um, question was, did that cause any conflict between you and your mother? Was that one of the reasons or? No, when I, when I came out, she was just like, oh, what's next with you now? Like, what's, what's next? It was like a, like, okay. Because, like, I was always one of those children that was very, like, uh, not children, but when I was a teenager, I was very, like, independent. Mm-hmm. Even though I lived at home, like. I bought my first moped when I was like 16 as soon as I got my provisional and I was like out and about like at that time there was no girls on a moped mm-hmm. you, know? I, you know by the time I was 17 I took myself off to Jamaica and then brought back a Jamaican when I was 18 like I was very young like yeah. doing all this big womanish stuff um so <laughs> It was like, it's not a surprise for her. She was just like, oh, what's next with you? That's exactly what she said. Like, mm. because it's just, yeah. Did she see it as more of a an attention thing? No, no. She no. was just like, she did say, oh, yeah, this is a phase. You probably grow out okay. of it. It's a bloody long phase, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, that's, that's, that's not been the bone of contention between me and my mom. Her husband was the one who sexually abused me when I was a child. And um, that's been really difficult because it's... Sorry, I'm so sorry. I just, I didn't catch because I was just, just referring to something that I wanted to ask you. I didn't just catch what you said. Yeah, no, I actually just said like, the the reasons why I've got difficulties with my Mm mum is because her husband... Right, okay. ...sexually abused me. Yeah, I didn't know if you said your mum or the husband, okay. her husband Mm -hmm. and she was always in conflict because she loved her husband and like yeah anyways so the thing is she was the one who saw him abusing me and she was the one who called the police he was arrested she went to see him in prison okay yeah so it was very difficult because she was always at like conflict between the two so she and it's like actually i was a child like that's your husband like you should be on my side what that would do to your head so she's done the right thing by calling the authorities but then she hasn't made that disconnection and you can you can see that she's maintaining the relationship with him she kept that quiet okay yeah there was um there was a a time when she was seen with him in her car in Neasden Shopping Centre when he came out of prison. Um, and it was weird because her, her friend, I found out because her friend called the house phone, you know, back then when we had house phones. And I was about, because I was 10 when he went to prison and I was about 13 when he came out of prison and her friend rang the house and she was like, oh, I met your stepdad. I met your stepdad in Eastern Shopping Centre. I was like, huh? Like, I was just shocked. Like, because prior to that, what had happened was um, 
my mom had this we had this cupboard under the stairs where she would keep the Christmas tree and all sorts of junk would be under the in that cupboard under the stairs and I was in there looking for something and um I found this wooden box that was made out of matchsticks it was a heart-shaped box and it was like inscripted with some stuff from him and he had made it for her in prison okay and like I totally destroyed that box like I stamped all over it in the kitchen and just left it there mm mm-hmm on the floor in pieces and she came home and we had a massive argument about it. She didn't even seem remorseful or anything that she's accepting gifts from him. And then like roll on a few years. And then um, when her friend called and said uh, that she saw him in her car, I was like, that's, that's, that turned a corner for me. Like, mm-hmm. That just made me could just go off the rails. Like I started smoking, drinking vodka, like doing all sorts because I was just like, I just couldn't understand. I couldn't understand like, like you're supposed to be my mom. Like not only did you send me away when I was a child, but now like at the, the crucial time, you're just not, you're just not fit f- to be a mom. Mm-hmm. Like, so it's just, yeah. So we've always had that hanging over us it's been like this really dark cloud and we haven't been able to look past it because even like you know when when I went Jamaica and that later on in life let's just cut a long story short like years later we had another argument and she said what are you doing copying my life like you because she went Jamaica and got a man from Jamaica that was where he was from um and she was like, you married a, I married a Jamaican, you married a Jamaican. You, um, I worked for the NHS, you worked for the NHS. Um, you did this, I did this, you did this. Like, what are you doing? Copying my life. You've got a, this side bit at the side of your, your house. I've got a side bit at the side of my house. Mm-hmm. I was like, this woman is just a, a nightmare. Like, when... I drew the line at this side bit at the side of your house because now I'm just thinking, hang on a minute. This is petty. You're just difficult. Yeah. You're difficult. So when was the last time you spoke to her? I spoke to her on the 6th of December, um, 2020. And have you so never had the conversation about let's get everything no, sweeped under the carpet? because like, it was always difficult. Like, in 2019, I thought to myself, do you know what? Like my daughter, because I've got a daughter who's 19 now. Mm -hmm. And over the years, I've always tried to like make them have a relationship. And it just hasn't worked because like they just don't know each other Mm -hmm. for for that to work. And like in 2019, I decided that like I would take my mom on holiday. So I paid for her to go to Amsterdam because she said that she's never been there before. And um, like, (laughs) I'm not proud of this, but I gave her a brownie, yeah? Mm, yeah. (laughs) Just so that should be a bit looser, so that I can talk to her about Mm -hmm. stuff. Did she know you gave her one? Yeah, yeah. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, we had these brownies (laughs) together, just so that she could, but I purposely tried to make her have more than me, Mm. just so that we could talk, like, because I've never been able to have that conversation with her, because she she doesn't talk. She Mm -hmm. keeps everything buried in, like... And um, so anyways, so it, that didn't happen. We started talking and she started crying. Mm-hmm. So then, and that always happens. Like she cries because she doesn't know what else to do. And then there's nowhere else I can go for, 
with that. Yeah. So I went back to my hotel room and then that holiday just went a bit south from there. Um, and then in December 2019, yeah, because it was around October that we went on holiday. And then it was around December, 6th of December, um, I phoned her up and I said, like, New Year's is coming. I'm going to leave my job and I'm going to go into 2020 speaking my truth. Like, you might not be ready to speak about this stuff, but I, like, I need to speak about it because it's closure for me. Like, I just need to get it all off my chest. And um, by the way, like, it's out there anyway, because I've got this poem on the Survivors Trust website and I, I sent her the poem. And then we spoke about it and she was just like, she said it's always been difficult for me, for her, because she she never understood why I never told her what was happening. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I'm just, it's just, it's just really difficult because I'm like, hang on a minute, I was a child. Yeah. Like there was no way that I would have been able to articulate what was happening. But because I was very... I've always very been very outspoken. So I was always one of those children that was, I had a lot of chat. Like I was always like back chatty. Like, so yeah. she, she just didn't understand that I couldn't tell her that that was happening. Mm -hmm. She just, she was like, why? And I'm just like, at this point, mom, like you still blame me. Like you're asking me as a, as a big woman now. Cause at that time I was what, 39, 39. And you're asking me, like, why I didn't tell you mm -hmm. at the age of between five and ten that that was happening to me. Like, I didn't have the words to tell you this, what was happening. Is she still with the fella? Or was that? No, I wouldn't gone? know, actually. Okay, okay. I wouldn't know because mm -hmm. she's she's been very, um, uh, like, alone, like, in her life. Like we never, apart from my grandparents, we never really got to know any of the other family mm -hmm. because she always kept us separate from them. So, yeah, so I've never really had like many people around <coughs> and stuff. But anyway, like I was just like, I'm going into 2020, I'm speaking my truth. And then she says to me, well, I'm going to need some time to think about what you've said. Yep. And then January came, February came. March came. She didn't contact me. We went into a national lockdown. She didn't contact me. And then I was just like, this woman really doesn't care. Like, she can't. Because, like, I've just told her what I'm... We've had this conversation. I'm telling her what I'm going to do. And she's decided just to ignore the situation and maybe hope that it will go away. And it hasn't gone away. Mm -hmm. Because I was even more determined to speak my truth. So I, I named him. I've named my abuser in my book. And um, I'm allowed to do that because he went to prison and yep. served. So it's yes, public yeah. records, yeah. So then um, when I got the test copies of the book, I sent her a copy in the post and she sent me an email. So this is in July now. So this is seven months on. Yep. Like this was July 2020. She sent me an email saying, um, hip, hip, hooray, congratulations. Um, I've received your book. And I had like a poetry LGBT merch. I quite like merch as well. I've got a little open mic night called Poetry LGBT. So I, I put a, a pen, a poetry LGBT pen and a shopping trolley coin in there. So she said, um, I've received your book and your uh, trolley coin key ring. 
um hip hip hooray as for me you make me feel like shit wow yeah and i was just like that's it now that's the end that's the end that is the end there is no way that i'm gonna spend the rest of my life mm. trying to get any information out of this woman about mm -hmm. anything mm -hmm. i'm not trying to um make her accept me in any way i've just i'm done now i'm done like there's what can i do now like mm -hmm. there's just no like i've come to a point where i'm at this sort of like place where like I don't know. Well, acceptance. Let's call it acceptance. I've accepted that this relationship is done. Yeah. No, I, I, like, I, I get it. It's tough. Me just listening to that yeah, is tough because it's I'm, really difficult. I'm quite close to my parents, and I would, yeah, I would, yeah. It's tough. Just listening to that now, I'm just kind of going, that's crazy. That's right. That's crazy. But I think you've done the right thing mm. in terms of the book. It's it's a release. It's it's also. It's a great way of inspiring others because I'm sure there's so many others that are probably going through or have gone through similar breakdowns between mother and daughter and mm. father. And, and it's actually good to be able to read that back to yourself and, and you realise I'm not alone. So that for me is powerful. I'm, I'm, I'm normally loud and spoken, but that's made me really sombre and, no, I think and quite sad. It is sad. <laughs> it is because I'm more a firm believer of that people come round and realize yeah it takes time but they realize where they've gone wrong or they've done something wrong and they step up to par what you've said there i was hoping we was going to get to a point where you go you know what the phone rang and we had a conversation we went for lunch i waited and she broke yeah, down. you never know listen don't wait for it it may, it may happen but it might happen yeah it may yeah. happen but it's just for me i was waiting for that moment yeah. i was hoping that you was going to say july 2020 we went for coffee and we just yeah. talked you know but, we yeah. just, but you can't you can't wait you need to crack on oh, no, you got to yeah. move on yeah like, doing what you're doing forward. and then the stars may align and then she comes back and then you've got a decision to make then whether you let into the yeah, family fold if you want to let her in but it's um talk to me a bit about the open mic nights yeah the that open you said mic so night, what's happened LGBT. yeah with regards to lockdown have you been doing anything online with yeah, that we've been online yeah so since okay june last year we've been <clears throat> regularly online on zoom um Poetry LGBT started in January 2015. So we're into our sixth year now and of creating that space. And it's just a fantastic space for the LGBT community to, um, I was going to say LGBT people, <laughs> the LGBT community, to come together and uh, just be creative and express themselves through creativity and expression. Like, LGBT people experience all sorts through family issues and like persecution from society. Like we need that space to be able to be creative. It's not all about just getting drunk and like sleeping taking around. drugs and sleeping around. Like we have to like write about what we feel yeah. and what we go through and stuff because it's difficult. So is did you where was the venue when you had it? Have you it ever had a venue? In, yeah, yeah, we was in um, Tipsy Bar in Hackney. Mm -hmm. It was in a, like a basement bar. Um, because of accessibility, we were there for four years, but then more and more people wanted to come that just needed to make it accessible. So we're now in uh, the Two Brewers in Clapham, okay. which is actually a, a, a gay, a well-known gay venue. And that's, that's a bit of 
tricky because like there's a lot of people when it was in a in tipsy bar in the basement mm-hmm. it was very like underground like people could come and they it's on the on dalston kingsland road so it's like people would come down there's no sort of like pride flag outside yep. or no like you have to there. know about it you'd have to know about it to be there and it was very much a space where we could just be be free and express ourselves whereas now it's in this like loud and proud gay venue it's like it might actually deter some people from coming mm-hmm. because not everybody's out and like there's we have a lot of um people of color who attend mm-hmm. And not everyone's out, so they might not want to be seen like walking into a gay venue. So we've had one event there, um, and prior to that, we were in another gay venue, and um, that was one of the feedback that I received. That because it's so open, uh, openly gay, it's too obvious. Okay. So we need to find another venue that is accessible, that's free as well, that we don't have to pay for. Um, that's quite discreet. When's the next yeah. one? Okay. Did you have it the scheduled? Next one, or? Yes, it's uh, first Sunday of every month. Okay. So the next one's on the 6th of June, which is this Sunday at 5 o'clock on Zoom. And you can find the details on Eventbrite and OutSavvy. Okay. I'll definitely be looking into that. Um, when you go back to a bar, yeah, I might come with my sister. Yeah, definitely. Or I will come with my sister and her friends. I'm planning a, a, an event, a one-off, because <coughs> of because I don't want to go back to like monthly events um, right now because we don't know what's going to happen when flu season comes around in September. So I don't want to like put on anything big and then have to cancel mm-hmm. it. So I might put on something in August, yeah, um, a one-off event, and then see how we get on, and then maybe in January next year go back to being in a physical live space. Okay. The online ones are just as good, to be honest, and we mm-hmm. get people all over the world coming to the event. So it's a really good space. Um, but yeah, definitely bring your sister. She'll love it. Yeah, no, she will love that. I remember... Um, no, she I'll may have saying. been already. No, she might have been know. already. She won't mind me sharing this either, but just like going back to coming out and stuff, because it's just, you you know, and you know, and, and people know. Yeah. And I, I always, always remember she was just like... Um, can I come and meet you on my lunch break? And I was like, yeah, cool, come. Yeah. And then we were sat in my car on my lunch break and she was like, I've got something to tell you. And I was like, yeah, go on. And then she told me and I was like, I know. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, I know. Like, did you come all this way to tell me that? Yeah. And she was like, oh, all right. And then that was that. Mm. It was just like, cool, it's, no- it's normal. Which is why, like, the whole discrimination side of it, I really don't get it. I don't, under, but maybe that's more because people um, have an issue within themselves. Yes, that's and then what they, it is. yeah, they pro- project they, on others. They project that yeah, yeah. onto you. And people think about sex straight away when they think about gay relationships. Like mm-hmm. that's, that's all we do, or that's like how do we do it? Like it's just like I've been in a relationship now for eight years. You know, we've got a mortgage together. We've brought up Renee together. Renee's nineteen now. Like we're just like any other family. Mm-hmm. Like, it's love, isn't it? Family stuff. Of course, it's, it's love. love. Yeah, exactly. of course it is. Like, what's I think what's so cool different? now is that we've got massive movements in terms of inclusion and diversity. Yeah, everything is being pushed, which is good, and I think that's good because it's allowing people to just be themselves. You know, yes, enjoy life without having worries or fears that someone's gonna knock down your door and threaten you or anything like that. You can actually just be yourself. Just be and, yourself. and I think it's good for me. I, I'm more powerful for it. I, I think just enjoy life, man. 
Yeah. Enjoy life, embrace it, have fun because you have one life. <coughs> exactly. That's that's exactly what I say because it, it Don't steal does my line. Stuff, it does stuff <laughs> to the joke. body, you know, to hold in like Of course it does. Yeah, of course it because does. Because you're constantly like Yeah. And in some cases people are living double lives, you know? Yeah. Exactly. I, I had a, a number of teachers at school who they would then go bars and stuff and, and friends would say oh you know i saw this guy dressed up as as a woman or that and you're kind of going no you took rubbish because you've seen him with his wife but yeah. i'm sure he probably wanted to probably leave that relationship years ago and he didn't want to go through all the trials and tribulations and then um what's the guy who's on itv michael barrymore no not oh, michael no. barrymore that's when the penny dropped for me um he's with philip schofield Holly, yes Holly yeah philip schofield. there was rumors about him for years yeah. before he came out i think that's the, it's a bit different though in the industry because they might not want it to come out because of the perception that the public have mm. 2.4 children yeah wife you know so they want to just maintain that but then for me i see it as you're setting an example anyway and you're setting an example of you can embrace who you are yeah. and don't worry about people around you, you exactly know? you That's can make your own chosen family yes like you can <clears throat> like you could there's life after like coming out and speaking your truth like there's life after that like it's it's not all rosy and easy like you don't just speak your truth and run off to the sunset and be happy there's challenges yeah, yeah of course of course because we've, we've got a cousin and he's on my mum's side and i think he's we we all know who's he's gay but my grandparents and people like that are very much of, no, he's not. Mm. This. And for me, it's like, we all know anyway. So what's the problem? You know, he's cool. He's a lovely guy, really lovely guy. But he doesn't get invited to certain events because of that. And you're kind of going that for me, family should always come first, regardless. Mm. You know, unless you've murdered someone and stuff like that, then I get it's like different. But you should always be embraced you should always be shown love and sure about support and it doesn't seem to be the case and that's probably the west indian culture yeah, being like definitely. that um, and i'm hoping that will change as, as the years go on and a lot of that generation no disrespect to them but they their views die out when they cross over and it becomes more of we embrace who you are you know we support you yeah. mm. we're on the journey yeah it's you you said something earlier as well about um sex is the first thing that people think about and everybody's sleeping with everybody yeah. but that wasn't helped by TV either because well, no, you can see EastEnders is a great example they might have a lesbian on there yeah. or a gay man on there and it's kind of like whenever they meet someone new you're like oh, okay how long before yeah. they try it with them <laughs> like it's just you've got to watch out you know what I mean yeah. but that's what they pushed on there but it's starting to change a little bit now but it, taking the knee in football with regards to racism, um, LGBTQ um, plus and, and everything, religion. Online, the gatekeepers, if you want to put it that way, yeah. are changing. So they are people like us. They look like us. They are like us. And they're the ones that are now making a difference whereby you say something you shouldn't say. Oh, they shoot down. You're going to get yeah, pulled up yeah, on completely. it. So have you noticed that a lot more? As, or are there still, is it... I think people have got to the point now where it's like you could be too PC. Mm. People are not sure about what's what's to say to offend. Like, yeah, I don't know. We just need to have more dialogue, more conversation, more open conversations like this, mm -hmm. and more just like normalized conversations, you know, 
rather than because some people are really scared to offend people or yeah. don't really understand certain things and just rather than just not talk about it they hold their views yeah and mm -hmm. that doesn't help anyone that doesn't help anything i think it's best to like if you had a difference of opinion let's have a talk about it and see where those views well, came we discuss from it yeah we and discuss have a discussion it. exactly mm -hmm. agreed no for me i think it's education i think it's education yeah. i think but you are right it's it's because i find i do that with s subjects all the time where i end up tipping toe around stuff rather yeah. than just asking the question straight out and just saying boom 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 and then you get an answer and then we can have a, a back and forth and then yeah. at least I can then say, okay, it's off my chest rather than I'm always now holding this. And I remember if I see you again now, I've got to be careful not to bring mm. it up again rather than let's just talk about just it. Just have a conversation. I think that we'll get to that stage. I think TV will change, like you said. Radio will change and, and we will be able to then have more conversations. I watched the Brit Awards the other night. I um, didn't see it. Didn't you see no, it? No. And that was diversity, inclusion, 100 you know from the start to the finish and and i think that was that was good because it puts it puts ideas in people's minds it, it allows people to ask questions i had my mum asking me questions and stuff and i think it's good because then you're always learning you know same with the the was it l g b t help me with the others q q i i a a <laughs> no wasn't it no there's another one isn't it because a a yeah like a ace Asexual. Asexual. What's asexual? I think asexual is when. Google it. Yeah. Because we had do. to do this at work thing. Yeah. And, I and think I, it's when you you don't have sex. What yeah. I heard. Um, what did I hear the other day? I'm not sure. Q I A. Let's. See. Ooh, I've got no Ooh, look at that. I've got no internet. You've got no internet. No, the internet's gone. Right here we go. Uh, pansexual what's pansexual all genders yeah pansexual is when you you fall in love with the person okay. rather than their gender or sexual identity okay so that could be a guy it could be a woman well no i watched one that they wouldn't be pansexual have a different name for it but yeah it would have been like late night bravo and the guy fell in love with his car <laughs> sex of cars yeah he fell in love with his car i love no, no, his car i've seen that yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah i've seen that that's, that's a rough program i am um, i don't know I've if that's exhausting you've never seen that <laughs> sorry for the pun though. yeah <laughs> i said it's exhausting yeah <laughs> rough program but um but no, no i don't think that would be pansexual no the, the pansexual is all genders yeah it wouldn't be pansexual. um but, but yeah. i think it's education see educators mm. even now we're talking I, i'm i'm trying to understand and then see if i can then relate it to maybe a story that i've heard in the news or whatever but i'm trying to get my head around it and i think that's what we need we need more conversations we mm -hmm. need more workshops we need more um yeah inclusion definitely let's have a look here so um i just want to go back to your book again oh yeah so who's it published by it's published by team angelica publishing they it's run by two gay guys mm. um John Russell Gordon and Ricky Beadle Blair and they I'm not sure how long Team Angelica's been around for actually but they've got books in Gaze the Word bookshop okay mm -hmm. um in central London my book is in Gaze the Word that's where I had my launch actually we did it I was physically in the venue but yep, we did we it on those. Zoom mm -hmm. um <coughs> so yeah. one of my questions was um it's like goals and stuff so was it a goal of yours to write a book and get it published or is that something is that something that just fell into your path and you were like you know what i'm gonna do that yeah and it was then lockdown 
Because I had left my job mm -hmm. in December to go into the new year to be this inspirational speaker, not knowing how or why or what, what I was doing. I just, yeah. And then lockdown happened and it was like, oh my God, did I make a mistake? Like, I should have stayed in my job. I was the occupational health business manager at the Whittington. Mm -hmm. And it was, you know, band seven job and that I was quite happy and, you know, decent pay and whatnot. So going into lockdown and not having an idea of what I was doing was a bit um, disappointing. But then lots of opportunities have happened. Like okay. I used that time to gather up my poems and put them in this book. I also created this um, initiative for children in struggling families where I um, fundraised and created with my daughter 200 birthday boxes and delivered them to food banks around three different London boroughs, mm -hmm. Orphan Forest, Haringey and Hackney, um, just, to get, just to give a child a birthday box during the lockdown period. Um, because when you're in a struggling family, like celebrating your child's birthday is probably going to be lost on yeah. the agenda when you've got to think about how you're going to put food on the table and stuff in that pandemic situation. So it was lovely. It was a really nice initiative. We handed out 200 boxes and it gave me something to do. And it also like reminded me of like how creative I am and how resilient I am and stuff like that. And since then I've gone on to do loads and I've had loads of opportunities as a result of like having a book published and stuff mm -hmm. because people have that as like a bucket list to do. I've met loads of people who you know want to be published and stuff um but no it wasn't it wasn't my lifelong ambition to because I got into poetry just to write about my feelings like mm -hmm. I was telling you and getting it in the book was just something to do during lockdown mm-hmm but, but it, then, so blase, it was just something to do, and now you're sitting there with a published book. Yeah, I know. But then, do you know what? <laughs> Great. I say that, yeah, but then I, I look, I've looked at a poem the other day called "Self-Doubting," and it, it does say like one day, something like, "I'll one day reach my goal to heal the nation with stories I hold waiting to be told." My truth is pure, unrelenting gold that needs to be shared before I get old. And I was like, maybe, maybe that was me saying, actually, I do want it in a book. Mm -hmm. Maybe so, yeah. yeah. Do you know you have I mean? to get it out there, yeah. But I never, but when I wrote this, because remember, these, this is a collection of over seven years of mm -hmm. poetry. So at some point when I wrote that one, I must have thought in the back of my head somewhere that I want to share mm -hmm. yeah. my stuff at some point. And the only way really is in a book, really, to reach yep. more people. So even though I, I, I didn't like think I didn't write down that as a goal. Maybe that was in my subconscious. Yeah, maybe from way back. That's it. Well, the um, you must have got more goals now. Yeah. What's the plan? Well, going yeah. Forward? What's the plan going forward? I don't know because I, I do have more goals, but they're they're more like. They're personal goals, like they're well-being goals. I want to also provide my self-care writing workshops to schools and um, spe especially to like sixth form and like the last year of school. Okay. To, just to teach well-being and self-care. Because I think if, if young people learn self-care from an early age, that will really help them as they go along in life. Mm -hmm. So I'd like to do that. Um 
because at the moment I just deliver my self-care writing workshops to small charities. Okay. So I think one goal would be like to just be in a school and then replicate that in all different schools all over. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I don't know. What else? Because I'm very like, I don't know, I'm very like economical. Like I don't have like, goals to have a big house and a mm -hmm. big car that's not my goals like my goals are just like on a deeper level to connect with people and like share ideas and reach more people with my book mm -hmm. because so many people have read the book and like felt inspired <coughs> to start writing as something that they do as their form of self-care yeah and that's really powerful because you don't have to be a qualified writer to write you know you can write down how you feel, mm -hmm. and it's that's really, it's really powerful. The last, the last bit that you read um, just a second ago sounded like a song almost. So, <laughs> do you, have you ever do you write songs as well? No, or you no, just... I've never written a song, but um, you could do yeah, some of that as well. Yeah, like, next, you know what I mean. That could be the next thing. That yeah, because one time I read, I read my poem, and someone said to me that sounded like a rap. <laughs> <laughs> but didn't they say that poetry is like rap slowed down or something like that? Oh yeah, it's it's yeah, yeah, it is. It all makes sense. Um, I'm on your what? What are we on here? Um, I'm on National Diversity Awards. Oh yeah. Talk to me about that. So the National Diversity Awards. Um, I was shortlisted in 2020. Uh, I got an email saying that I was shortlisted and I was like, this is fantastic. Um, so, yeah, the ceremony is going to be in the Liverpool Anglican Cathedral. Okay. Um, it was supposed to be in September last year. Then they moved it to February. Then they moved it to April. And now it's going to be in September this year. And they've said that if it doesn't happen, like in the physical space, it will happen online. Yeah. But they've tried their best to not let it happen online. So hopefully September will come round and... Fingers crossed. Yeah. Yeah. So it says, I'm just reading through it now. So Positive Role Model Award for LGBT. Um, we've touched on the mental health and the stuff that happened in your childhood. Mm -hmm. um, and it also says homelessness. Yeah, I've been homeless a few times in my life. I was homeless when I was a child as well. I remember um, us, me, my mum and my brother sleeping in the car. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, because like I said, my mum was a single parent, so she tried, you know, she tried her best. Um, yeah. And then the other times I was homeless is because when, when I decided to... Um, bring this Jamaican over and move into my mom's house thinking I'm this big woman mom didn't like it he was there with us for like three months or so and she was like no you have to go now because like I didn't I I haven't had a man living in the house um so it's just not right for you like even though you're 18 and that it's just it didn't feel right for her to mm -hmm. have me have my boyfriend living in the house and sleeping in the same bed and stuff like that so she basically made me homeless so I was homeless then did he go with you yeah that's how I ended up leaving <coughs> London and going to Walthamstow because at that time all of my friends lived with, at home with their parents or their family so I couldn't I couldn't just be 
you know, with my six foot Jamaican man go and stay at my friend's house. Do you know what I mean? So he had an uncle, he's dead now, um, but he had an uncle that lived in Walthamstow and we, Uncle Bert, and we went to his house and stayed there. Okay. And that's how I ended up, um, yeah, his son, Bert's son, Terry, came in a van and picked us up and all our stuff mm-hmm. and went to, to Walthamstow and we didn't look back. No, that's cool. But then we had some bits of homelessness there because it's difficult. Because when you're a child, because I was 18, I was an adult, but I was still a child, I think, trying to be grown. I don't know. So we had so many different challenges. Um, But yeah, that's all history now because I've got a mortgage. Let's hope I'm not homeless now. (laughs) Yeah, well, there you go. There's another goal that you've achieved. Keep a roof over my head. That's um, what I need to do. I enjoyed being homeless. I say that. (laughs) Well, I wasn't homeless because I had a roof over my head, but I was in the YMCA. And um, yeah, I, I, I remember that <laughs> getting up to mischief in there, but it's, it felt like a a long holiday, like a yeah. boy, like a boys' club, where it was just oh, stay up, stay up late. Breakfast. It didn't feel like that at all, man. Mm-mm. It's horrible. No, I remember it. It was in Tottenham. This mm. bed and breakfast, and they used to like every Monday outside the door because it looked like a house from the outside, and then like you go in, and then each door has a a number. And then that's your living quarters. Mm-hmm. And someone used to come around every Monday and leave six eggs, a little coffee, mm-hmm. sugar, bread and milk outside the door every single Monday. Mm-hmm. And that was that was what they provided for breakfast. Wow. Uh, by the end of my stay there, I had like loads of these little jars of coffee because I didn't drink coffee. Um, but yeah, it wasn't fun. You could have sold those. I don't even know what I did with them. I think I gave them to the other people in the in the house in their little room. Start a little side hustle. I think during the yeah, because the um, during lockdown, I think um, my mother in law, um, she's she's needs to go to hospital for a few things, but she um, lives on her own, so she was getting care packages. Yeah, that coming in during lockdown. I think that's brilliant and that they did that. Yeah, it's amazing. But she got so much freeze dried coffee. Yeah. And she knows I like coffee. Yeah. So she was like, I'll just take them to John. Yeah. So I ended up with like six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve packets of them. Yeah. I, I think they're still in the cupboard now. But it's like, what'd you do with it all? Gift them to a food bank. I'm gift them to a food bank. We take yeah. a lot of stuff to the charity shop anyway. Um, but I don't think they're gonna want coffee. Yeah. I'll take them to a food bank. I think that's what I'll do. <laughs> Um, what else have I got going on? I've got so many, so much stuff that I'd written down to ask you. Um, <clears throat> but the, when you were mentioning earlier, because when I said that I saw you on Jeremy Vine. Oh, yeah. So what was some of the other stuff that you did when you were on TV? And have you got any, have you had any discussions with anybody um, now? Yeah. Or have you done anything with regards to television and your book and getting the wider message out there? No. Um I am currently in the process of filming a, a weight loss show. Okay. So I can't really say too much about it right now, but I've I've got the support of a top psychologist in the in the UK and a dietitian, mm-hmm. and they're helping me on a journey to to lose weight because um, yeah. So I've shared my story um, by letting people know that when I. So when I was younger, I started smoking, yeah? So the smoking 
kept my weight down. In 2009, I quit smoking and I replaced the smoking with eating. So since 2009, I've just slowly, slowly increased in weight. So now I'm like massively overweight. So, um, and the eating, the emotional eating was a a result of dealing with my stuff that I kept to myself Mm -hmm. because the sexual abuse, I didn't speak to anybody about it. It wasn't until like 2019 that I first spoke about it after all these years so um that eating kind of like suppressed it and pushed it down mm-hmm. like i don't know how to explain that but now that i've um spoken my truth and i've got a weight off my shoulders i'm ready now to lose weight yeah so i'm being supported um on this channel four program that's going to be out. fat as people no 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 and oh. it's it's a brand new show okay and it's it's not about fat shaming or anything like that. That's they, right. It's about a lifestyle change. And it's more about self-care, to be honest. Because the reason why I say that, because I was, I was on a, a TV show, how many years back now? 20, 2017, similar concepts. So you had a um, psychotherapist, a nutritionist, and then a PT, which was me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I trained a man who was um, 41 stone. So over the course of, I think, seven months, I went to Birmingham. Doodly, mm-hmm. and we did the whole journey of getting him used to changing the lifestyle. Um, the therapist was working on the, the issues he had because I think he was, had issues with his mum and dad and bullied, and, and there was some sexual abuse going on on that front. But we went on the whole journey, and, and what you just said there sounds similar to the show that I've, yeah. I was on. Um, but yeah, no, it would be a great experience. You're gonna have a fantastic time, and what's good with it is you get to have those conversations where it helps you make the adjustments going forth so you don't revert back into that same pattern again Um, and learn and understand about food and nutrition and all of that like it's come at a time where i'm ready because i've tried loads of other did you apply for it or or? i applied for it okay um i applied for it and then i i got selected and then I changed my mind mm-hmm. because I had to strip down onto my underwear. Okay. And I was just like, I don't think I'm comfortable doing that on national TV. Um, so I changed my mind and then they called me back and they were like, we really, really want you on this show. And yep. then I, I thought about it and I thought, well, I'm already like lay, laying myself bare with my words. Mm-hmm. Like how, how much more difficult is it going to be to like for the whole nation to see me in my underwear? Like, come on, Drina, you can do this. And then I just plucked up the courage and thought it's all part of speaking my truth. So it's all part of the same thing. So it's just, it's just come at the right time. Okay. Wonderful. Well, I, I look forward to watching yeah. it. I look forward to, to viewing. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm on the Amazon now. And um, so I'm looking at your book. You're buying a copy for Mike and, and for you, Jean. I've got a copy in oh my, my bag. Oh my God, look at there this. You go, see? Look at this. Yeah. Right. No, but I was thinking. I've come with... Because um, um, I was going to buy it. You read yeah. two poems from it and I really sat down and I'm going, <coughs> I, I can relate to, as I said, writing those journals and stuff. And Yeah. I've got something like that you can do. What can you do? So you can... Is your book an audible? No. No, I do want an audio book. Get it on Audible. Yeah. With if you, you want your hand I was going to give it to you for free. With your but hand I do pan. have a card reader, so I do take card payments. Well, I'll pay for it. So, supporting yeah, for the it, arts and all of that. Um, 
There's my I was going to give it to you for free reader. But I bought my card reader with me <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second I stopped for a second yeah. I heard card reader I was yeah, like exactly. We were getting free books the, um, Do you know what that, That's the thing that they do um, At football Because all the lads turn up on the weekend And they're like yeah. Oh do you know what I forgot my money again And they're like well, and they the card, card reader, reader there bro Wow No man I've got my card reader I bring, it, I bring my books everywhere And I bring my card reader everywhere No that's yeah. good That's good Because like I could give it to you for free, yes. but then, like, I also want you to support the arts as well. So, mm -hmm. and I'll think about it. By the end of this, I'll think about it. Think about. Well, no, I'll pay for it. Don't <laughs> worry about that. Huh? We can pay. Yeah, no, it's fine. We can pay. Yeah. Um, I'll get two. I'll get one for me for free, but we'll, we can pay. Yeah, I'll joke. get one for my sister. Buy two, get one free. There you go. Buy two, get one free. So yeah, my idea was your book on Audible. Yeah. With your hand pan. Oh wow! Happy as nice. well, and yeah. the other one, what was it called? Kalimba. And with the kalimba, yeah. And then you can almost have it as like um, a sleep therapy as well. Yeah, yeah that can work. Yeah, I like that. Uh -huh. I like that. Right, give me the uh, card reader, and I'm just going to charge you for that. <laughs> that idea, okay? <laughs> All right, so we're working That's like a that. Free book for that nugget of information. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just earned your free book. There we go, man. Yeah, because um, it's about trade, isn't it, and bartering and like. No, no, of course. We'll, we'll buy the book. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll buy the book. My card is. No, but Don't I think worry, it's it? um yeah, it's I mean to any to have anything like that once you see it out there and available because I mean I do um not that I do it in a great in a great deal but I do Amazon seller. Mm -hmm. Um, Amazon Marketplace Amazon Marketplace yes yeah. but with books okay um, from charity shops and stuff like that always feels a bit naughty because you get the book for like 50p and you sell it for yeah. uh, however much it's smart that's it yeah it's, yeah, it's yeah, smart, smart but that um, you get a great deal of satisfaction just from doing that so I mean when you actually see yourself on Amazon like yeah. that must just be such a great feeling it's such a great feeling seeing myself on my own bookshelf because mm -hmm. my yeah. partner, Jermaine, she's very much into books and we've got like tons of books and like I've got a book on the collection. Mm -hmm. you know? Wonderful. So it's just, it's a really proud thing to know that my words are out there and that it is resilience in the face of adversity. Like people read my stuff and they contact me and they're like, wow, you know, thank <coughs> you so much for sharing. Like I've been through that too. Like, yeah the amount of people that have told me that they have been sexually abused and I've been the first person they've told, that's a lot. I can imagine. So are you planning to do another book there after this one? No. That's it? Yeah, I don't want another book. I really don't. Like, if, no, I don't. I thought about this and I just thought, like, this book needs time to do the work that it's meant to do. Yep. And it's such a powerful book, and I'm not just saying that because um because it's my book, but there, there's so much healing and power in this book that if I was to just fling it down and think, right, that's an art project, that's done, and let, what's next? I think there's lots of people who are who are gonna miss out, and I you think keep pushing that. Yeah. That one. No, I mean like. No, I mean the opposite. Like, if I don't carry on focusing on this, if I leave this and start something new, like, this doesn't reach that many people because if you're mm -hmm. not pushing it, it doesn't go anywhere. Yep. Yep. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, this, this book has a lot of work to do and it doesn't matter how old it gets because I think it's really problematic, yeah, that artists are just expected to churn stuff out over and over and over because things get old really quickly and then something everyone fresh. wants something new yeah. and something fresh. 
but actually like this is this is like things that have happened to me this is my life Mm -hmm. so it's not as easy to just like like just think oh yeah that's done and dusted now what's next because that's I don't know. No, no, I get it. it. I get it. Well, I think the what? next step would be similar to what Johnny said in yeah. terms of you, you work on the audio, you add in um, the, the instruments as well. Yeah. And that allows a new audience to then mm-hmm. take on the book. It does mm. because a lot of people um, that, yeah, don't read, don't read, but people don't read. No, people don't. Know? Some people are very much of, they're just very much, I'm so busy. I don't, I'm happy to listen to Struggle it. Struggle to read as well. Yeah. Like myself. Do you? No, it, yeah. I don't struggle to read. Um, you get bored. I don't get bored. I get tired. Okay. But I think that's because of the eye movement. Yeah. There are and opportunities, though. Opportunities. Sorry to interrupt you. No, 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 go there on. There are opportunities. Because I just remembered, as you were talking, I remembered that I I did this thing called um, the coming out as a, a black lesbian in uh, five acts. And it was like act one, act two, act three, act four, act five. It was for London Metropolitan University. And um, it was during LGBT History Month in February, just gone. And someone was just like, I love that. We should make that into a play. Mm-hmm. Like that should be a play, the journey of a black lesbian in five acts or something like that it was called. And um, so there are opportunities. Mm-hmm. So making it a podcast and stuff like that or making it a discussion piece or like, there's so much you can do with it and it's course, just this yeah, momentum, it's, isn't it? It's just yeah. to keep moving forward, moving forward. But the reason that I mentioned Audible is because for me, mm-hmm. the accessibility of that is so when I'm working in my in my day job, in the background. Mm-hmm. I'm driving, I'm on the road all the time yeah. and I have it on in the car. And that's where I find I take in so much information. Do you know what? I'm so mindful that Jermaine's probably <coughs> been outside for a really long time. No, that's and fine, I that's totally fine. Forgot oh, about there we her. go. All good. Do you want to pause for a second? Yeah, let's pause for a minute. I forgot how much I can actually chat for Britain. And she's probably outside. Luckily, it's hot. Well, um, yeah, get her to come yeah, up. Hello? And then I think we've got about another 15 minutes. Yeah. Start. Do you want to come up? Where are you? Because we're just in here chatting, chatting, chatting. I think it's nine o'clock, yeah. Oh, come up. Someone's going to come and get oh, you. Oh, yeah, 10 minutes. Oh, you're on the phone. All right, stay out there then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll stay in here chatting, chatting for 10 minutes. Okay. Oh, that's all right, mate. Behind the We're scenes, man. Right. So that works. Yeah, sorry, because she said she'll come and meet me, and then like I'm there carried away, and she's outside. That's the celeb life, mate. That's, <laughs> you know, oh, oh, my girlfriend yeah. is outside. She can wait. <laughs> wow, that's I love chatting though, because like I'm good at like talking about my life because it's interesting. Like I've got 40 years of experience and life experience. That's a long time. That's what you do, isn't it? And yes. I think now that I'm 40, like, I feel free to just, like, just be me. When were you 40? May the 4th. Really? Yeah. That's my uh, wife's birthday. Oh, wow. Star Wars birthday. Yeah, May the 4th be with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, That's my birthday. I I'm, was 40. Um, how does it feel, being 40? Oh, I love it. I love being 40 because, like, I don't have to think too much about, like, much about other people's opinions and mm. stuff like that. Like, I don't know. I feel older, but I feel happy. And I think because I've been speaking my truth as well, like, I feel free. Like, I don't know how to explain it. Well, it's a weight off your shoulders, It's a weight it? off yeah, my shoulders. Yeah, no, I, I can imagine. Seriously, for me, I can imagine. And um, the fact that I'm 40. So it's like, when you're 40, there's a sense of freedom. Like, I can't imagine what I'm going to be like when I'm 60. I'm just going to be like, 
crazy wild <laughs> <laughs> wild at 60 yeah it's um you do oh, notice yes. these things what turning 40 well yeah sure you obviously you notice it yeah, of course you do big Jesus one it's coming up um for me and then but i was just thinking about my stepdad <clears throat> when we were growing up and thinking about him shouting at kids playing in the car park behind the house yeah mm-hmm. I was thinking, what are you talking about man shut up and now I hear anything yeah. and I'm at the curtains like that. Who's, <laughs> who's <Yeah>. that? <laughs> what are they doing? Get away from my house, get off my grass, yeah. move away from my car. That's what I'm finding. I'm getting more of closer yeah, to you're 40. Getting a lot more wiser, more mature. More, mm. um, yeah. yeah, I feel like I've matured. But I also feel like I've been through all this stuff and like... It's like, this is a new start, like changing my name and stuff, like having Andrina Liana as my name now and just owning my identity. Like, I feel like I've gone into my 40th year just being authentically me. Yeah. And there's so much freedom in that. Like, I, I can't explain, like, how free I feel. Mm. And it's just great. I think that's a that's good um, that's a good point to, to finish on. Yeah, no, I think it is. We've, we've, freedom. we've talked and it's gone quick, which yeah. is a good thing. And we're there. We've made use of the, the, the all of the amount of time we can get. So your book is Charred, Charred. A Survivor Speaks Her Truth to Inspire. And it can be found on Amazon. It can be found on Amazon by Adrena Leanne. And it's got, well, yeah, it's 4.7 out of 5 star rating. So it's doing oh, wow. very well it's kicking. Um, at the minute. And I'm going to get a copy of it shortly. Um, but is there anything else that you want to get out there before we go? Um, do you have a website? No, I don't have a website. I contemplate in having a website. And then I just thought to myself, I've got Instagram. I've got Facebook. I've got a LinkedIn. I'm on Clubhouse. Like, how? So I think when, just, um, yeah, yeah. what's your lot. Instagram? My Instagram is. For the people. Survivor.andrina.lian. Um, and um, You also have one of those, um, everybody's Googled their own name, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. you've got one of the good pages where it actually brings something up. <laughs> There's quite a lot on there. It doesn't bring up anything when you Google it? Huh? What, when you do my name? Yeah, nothing comes up. Couple things. Uh, just saying. Hey? Google my name. Yeah, all I right, all right. Netflix, <laughs> Mr. Netflix over here. Just saying, come on. Do you know I what I mean? Google could like, put all of my stuff together because I've got on, on Google, I've got my stuff under Andrina Bogle. Andrina oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now Andrina Leanne. So I wish it, like, you'd have to Google each of the three separate names. I think you can message them, you know. I want them to all, like, consolidate it together. You can ask them to take stuff off. Really? Yeah, so I'm sure you could ask them to link. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, let's see. All good. Right, thank you very much for coming on. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Lots to learn, fascinating, and really appreciate you taking time out to come. Thank you. I appreciate you.